So welcome back, Dr. Peterson. Um, so today, I guess to expand from last week, uh, we're going to talk about the perspectives of stress um, and then kind of go further in detail about like coping resources and stuff like that. So I guess to begin, maybe we should reiterate on what stress is and then we can kind of go beyond that. Well, thanks, um, Tony. Well, let me talk a little bit about what stress is. I mean, a lot of people have all sorts of definitions for it, but the typical definition that sort of is all encompassing is the nonspecific response of the body to any demand made of it. And that's a Hans Solye type definition. Yeah. But you really want to break that down because, first of all, it says nonspecific response, right. which essentially means anything. Mm-hmm. It could be physiological, it could be psychological, it could be so- social, it could be behavioral, it could be any number of things that yeah. people could respond to stress. And as we talked about before, as in essence, stress is life in mm-hmm. general, right? The sources of stress or the stressors that we get are life related. Uh, and then of the body. Now, this is kind of interesting because Sally only focused on the body. Right? right. Well, you know, is it only the response of the body or is it the response of the mind or is it the response of the conscience or is it yeah. the response of um, something else? You know, mm-hmm. another part of us in, in that respect. So he was very much of what I call a materialist. Yeah. All right. He focuses on the physical and those aspects of it. And so when you look at stress, so if you look at the nonspecific response of the body, right, well, that's pretty specific. Yeah. It's only looking at the physiological response. Of course, we're far more than just the physiological. Yeah, I can definitely tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and to any demand. Well, what, demand. What, what demand? Well, right. it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know. You know, anything related to health, it could be related to politics, it could be related to the economy, it could be related to family, it could be related to relationships, it could be related to uh, traffic. Right, I mean, right, I mean yeah. you, you could go down the, uh, this rabbit hole into all sorts of things, uh-huh. but essentially, it's it's essentially, um, I would say, any demand in, in life that, mm-hmm. that is put upon you, that's a little bit out of the norm. Right. So, so essentially, you know, you look at this, but it's far greater than just the body. But that's right. a, that's a good way to start. Yeah. So then, kind of um, going off of what what is out of the norm. So what is normal? And then <laughs> who well, says in terms what of normal? normal is. Like in terms yeah. of how much? What's normal stress? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. how much stress is normal? Well, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I don't really have a perfect answer for that one. But, you know, a lot of people, you, you look at what is normal. What's the norm for stress? Well, if you looked at the, what's normal today, everyone is pretty stressed. Yeah. Right. So if you look at national surveys and different things, the people, most people are saying that they're very stressed in their lives mm-hmm. and things are going on. Um, so that would be the normal. Right? right. But is that really normal? Or is that should really be. the way it should be? <laughs> now, you need to have stress in your life. Right. You have to have some stress. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're kind of dead. Yes. Right? You, you're, yeah. You have no stress <laughs> at all. Uh, but the idea is, though, is that, you know, if you look at what's normal, what is it that you can live a good life with and have a right. certain amount of pressure or, um, um, you know, challenges, right. certain types of, um, you know, opportunities or things that stretch you? I mean, even the fact that you, you want to grow and develop and mature those are all growth and stress related events right like keep in between that like peak performance like area that we talked about yeah exactly you want to kind of have some and so normal i would say well that's that would be normal now if you had none and you had no stress at all i would say you'd be bored yeah and that by definition would be somewhat stressful yeah it's like watching the clock as we talk like what do i do yeah yeah exactly and so this becomes uh problematic but anyways, it, it normal for most people is they, they talk about the idea of being in a state of homeostasis. 
mm-hmm. right? So that's sort of where the body physically, so this makes it really nice. And I say, when you talk about stress from a physiological standpoint, it's really concrete, it's black and white, right? right? So, oh, I totally get that. I know what my resting heart rate, I know what my mm-hmm. resting blood pressure is. I know what my resting breathing rate is, or my, uh, my blood you know, profile levels, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. You sort of know what that is. And so that kind of gives you a sense of homeostasis where you just kind of function at a nice level pattern. But, you know, the idea, though, is that what what is that as it relates to maybe what's your social or your emotional homeostasis? Right. Yeah. What is your psychological homeostasis? Right. When you start broadening it to the other dimensions of who we are mm-hmm. as humans, um, it, that, that opens up a whole new bag of uh, worms in the yeah. essence of like, well, what is your what is social homeostasis? Right. Well. You could say, well, it's having an adequate amount of relationships that make you feel supported mm-hmm. or Which loved. would definitely be different for everyone. Yes. Yeah. And, and then it comes to a point where your your definition or what your level of homeostasis would be very different from my level of homeostasis. Right. right. Which then kind of makes it hard to determine. <laughs> well, well, it <laughs> yeah. does. Essentially, it's, it's a, well, you know, when I when I would talk to someone, I would say, well, what what makes you feel comfortable? Right. When do you feel at your best? When do you feel you're performing well? When mm-hmm. do you feel that you're sort of on top of things? You know, what is that level for you? And how does that kind of translate into relationships, your thought patterns, your sleep, you know, all those types of things? What is it that kind of, you know, would be those definitions or descriptions? Right. To keep you comfortable. Yeah. So then when I guess something does happen that can be stressful and it kind of knocks us out of that normal range or what we're comfortable with. Um, I guess we should maybe talk about like the causes of stress. Well, they can be myriad. I mean, yeah. You can have all sources <laughs> yeah. of stress that people have. And the funny thing about stress is that you're not necessarily that we talked about before, not everything that you you're stressed, not everything is stressful for everyone. Yeah. Right? Some people are very stressed about certain things that happen to them and other people would find that very fine or right. very comfortable. And then they would be stressed perhaps by something else. Um, you think about something like, you know, public speaking. You know, some people are really nervous about public speaking. They yeah. never, ever want to do it. I think <laughs> yeah. there's an old Jerry Seinfeld bo- bo- um, joke. He talks about, you know, more people feel public fear public speaking than death. And he said, <laughs> so it's better to be uh, just, you know, in the casket than it is to be giving the eulogy, you know what I mean? In terms of the, the amount yeah, of stress yeah. that people that people feel. But I think one of the things that when you look at causes of stress, you look at something with what is known as the stress point. Mm-hmm. At what point do you become stressed? Right. And um, a good analogy for that is if you look at something like um, an athlete that trains. Right? Okay. All right. So if you look at it physically, when we are training as an athlete, um, we're fitness or trying to improve our fitness levels. Uh, you have to actually stress the body in order for it to adapt. Yeah. And so when you stress the body and let's say you walk a 15-minute um, mile, mm-hmm. well, and your heart rate is, let's just say it's 150 beats per minute. Okay. Right? It's quite high at that pace. But anyway. <laughs> um, and then you walk, as you get in better condition, right, mm-hmm. you, you're 100, you still walk a 15-minute mile, but your heart rate response is 120. Right. So essentially your body has adapted to that stress level and it's not as stressful Mm -hmm. as it was before. So in order for you to feel that same amount of stress, you would have to walk at a 12 minute mile pace. Yeah. Right. Well, think about that as it relates to life, as what you go through and you do things that may be stressful. Mm -hmm. I mean, at a certain point in your life, like, let's say your work, 
when you first start out, well, your level of competencies, your, your ability to handle projects or things are at a lower level, mm-hmm. simply from experience yeah. and, and, you know, learning the, the processes or learning to work with people. Um, and then over time, you get used to that until you eventually you grow into the position. And then right. sometimes you outgrow the position. Well, that would be an example of your stress level has now decreased yeah. to a point where the you find the job no longer challenging. Right. And therefore, you're not growing. It's not it, you've adapted and you're essentially you're vocationally your stress set point yeah. has lowered. Yeah. So when you think about it from a stress set point standpoint, what level of stress do you need in order for you to say, wow, I feel distressed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it'll change over time. Right. And it'll change based on any number of factors related. Even if you didn't have enough sleep, that can sort right. of compromise it. And also certain things such as, you know, um, we, even your diet, right? Yeah. If you have a bad diet and you are low in certain vitamins and minerals, that can actually make you more susceptible yeah. to certain types of distressors, such as viruses, bacteria, mm-hmm. um, those those types of things. And so, be, simply because you don't have the ability to handle those types of external threats, mm-hmm. which in this case would be a virus or a bacteria. Yeah. Um, and if you have a good diet and you're able to keep yourself at a higher level of performance, let's say physiologically then you're better able to fight off and deal with any stressors that say would in, in attack the body or try to infiltrate right. the body. And so, but, but you can take that analogy and begin to apply it to other things too, in terms of your skill sets, your social skills, your, your yeah. ability to communicate, your ability to um, handle multiple tasks, to be organized, to be, you know, all those things would help you in dealing in dealing with the day-to-day ebb and flow of requirements and responsibilities mm-hmm. that it takes to live. Right. But you've definitely got to go through that to get the experience yeah, you, to get better. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the things. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't avoid it. Well, I tell people, <laughs> I tell people embrace these challenges, Yeah, right? Because you don't know where they're going to lead. And oftentimes they can create some really positive yeah. benefits. I mean, one of the things that a lot of people don't do today is they don't realize that you actually grow through struggle. Mm-hmm. You actually grow through perseverance and, and dealing with things that may be quite challenging. And, and when I say challenging, they could be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, we oftentimes like to think of life as something that would be easy or sort of nice and, you know, smooth sailing type of thing. But you actually need the storms and you need those to challenge you. Yeah. Right? That's how you do it. That's how you build. That's how you develop. And that's how you actually become a higher performing individual. Yeah. So it sounds like. A lot of, I guess, how then we react to stress is based off of our perceptions of the stress. Yeah, well, it is. And in fact, one of the things that's interesting is that if you actually look at um, what we see as stressful. Right. um, You know. That kind of relates back to that set point. Well, it, well, it does. And it also, you know, you kind of think, well, how do you develop your thoughts around what actually is stressful? Right. Mm -hmm. And you think about this, and oftentimes there's a perception, well, there's a stimulus. It could be anything. And when you talk about stimulus as being either, it's kind of valueless. It's not positive or negative. It's just there. It's like I use the example of, well, if you have a fire, okay, fire mm-hmm. in and of itself is is either, it's neither hot or cold. All right, how's that? <laughs> yeah. It is hot. But but the point is, is that if it's in your fireplace, it's 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 fine, right? Right, because right. it serves a purpose. But if it's in the middle of your living room floor, yeah, well, now so it's, much. Now it's somewhat <laughs> stressful. So, in how you look at things, but when we see a stimulus, we perceive it, and our perception, we begin to make an interpretation, a thought, a pattern, and that that thought or pattern, and that and that end up, and that 
um, final perception of whatever that stimulus is, whether it's stressful or not, mm -hmm. is really dependent on lots of factors. And it could be our, you know, our idiosyncrasies, our personality, past experiences, yeah. our skill sets, our challenges, um, you know, things that we've seen or not seen, knowledge level that we have. All these things go into it. It's very, it's, and it happens instantaneously. Yeah. You see something is stressful and you go, wow, you know, that's in the, what, but what made it stressful to you as opposed to someone right. else who didn't see it that way. Right. But then when you see it as stressful, let's just say you see it, or you see it as, as it's not stressful. Well, then it just goes away. Mm -hmm. But if it's stressful, well, now you're, now you get aroused and then yeah. we arouse, you actually get a stress, I would call a physiological stress response, sometimes called fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And other people it can be called slightly different, but the point is, is that you begin to, you know, heart rate goes up a little bit, your respiratory yeah. rate goes up a little bit, your eyes dilate a little yeah. bit, right? All those types of things, you get sweaty palms, yeah. right? Right. You know, and some people, you know, their stomach gets upset. Yeah. I mean, some people get a backache, you know, a headache, whatever it yeah. might be, all sorts of things. So you get this sort of a physiological stress response, but that sort of leads to a second appraisal because then you look at it and say, okay, it's threatening. Now what do I do? Well, I want, right. I want to figure out, I got to appraise it again. So how big, how tall, how small, how, how large, how wide, how deep is this problem? Is it stressor? Yeah. Is it something I can handle? Is it something I've done before? Is Do I have the skill sets to deal with it? Do I know how to deal with it? Do I have a support system that can help me with this? Yeah, All these things go into play. <laughs> and so based on that, you'll make another perception as to what you should do, mm -hmm. right? So, okay, here's my stressor. It's it, This is a stimulus. I perceive it as stressful. It's made me feel stressed. Now I've got to figure out how to deal with it. Right. Now people deal with it in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, some people will do what I would call a direct type of approach. They'll try to address it right away in terms of handling it. Maybe it's a, it's a conflict with someone. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, they don't like to feel that conflict. Right. So they feel that I don't want that to last. So they go and talk to the person mm -hmm. and they try to address it or resolve it. Other people will have maybe an avoidance strategy and yeah, they just stay yeah. away from that person forever. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty common. I mean, yeah. people oftentimes are conflict avoidant. Well, what is conflict avoidance? Well, it's, I don't want to deal with the stress. Yeah. I don't want to, it could be ramifications may not be good. I don't, mm -hmm. I'd rather just let it go. And it's like I'll an just, out of sight, out of mind yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so you take the action. Well, either the action that you do to deal with the stress either resolves it and it goes away. Okay. The threat's gone. No more threat. Okay. I can go right. back to homeostasis yeah. again, feel normal again. But then if it's not right, if you, if you, if it doesn't do anything, well, now you are chronically aroused, mm -hmm. right? So this problem persists and that problem over time will gradually wear you down. Yeah. And then, so it's sort of in the back of your mind, think of it like music playing in an elevator. It's yeah. kind of always there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just playing. And now you've got to deal with it. Right. Or you're, you know, you got to live with it actually because you try to deal with it or you're not. Right. Dealing with right. It. And this can happen. And that's just a simple example. You can plug it in in so many different ways. Right. 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 So anyways, that's just gives you a little bit of idea. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious that um, how we re how we react from stress definitely influences um, how we're able to make decisions on how to move forward. So then. Um, I guess if you want to continue that example, so say then we decide to um, to do something about the stress and to kind of cope, but what kind of resources are there? Like, how can we cope? How can we maybe make it as easy as possible for us? Well, that's a good, well, good question. One <laughs> I probably could never answer, but, because it's so, so it's, it's, but, but one of the things that's interesting, um, there's, a, there's a theory that was... Um, proposed by Stephen Hobble um, years ago, and it was called the conservation of resources theory. And it deals with stress. And what that's, that is about is that 
he essentially said that if you have more resources and resources broadly defined, right, right, the more um, likely you are able to handle and cope with the stressors of life. So what are some of those stressors that are there or some of the, I should say, stressors, but resources yeah. right, that are there? Well, there's many of them. One is you, he talks about objects, you know, things such mm-hmm. as a house, a car. You have, um, you know, certain things that you you that are physical at, uh, right. you know, objects that you can utilize to help you mm-hmm. right, deal with whatever it might be. Um, a house is pretty help, helpful if you need shelter, right? right. Or if it's security, raining outside, yeah. <laughs> okay? A car is very good if you need to get to work, yeah. right? Um, and if you have two cars, it's better, mm-hmm. right? Because if one car goes on the fritz, right, you've got another one to help you yeah. and get you where you need to go. I and, tell you all about that. <laughs> well, yeah. A lot of students have these clunkers around here. Yeah. Uh, but the idea is that they, they're you, they have a, a resource, an additional resource that can help you with certain types of stressors. Right. And then there's also, you know, personal characteristics, which is considered a resource, like people with resilience or they have patience Mm -hmm. or they have perseverance or the grit or, you know, uh, those types of things can help um, deal with life uh, and help you uh, as a as a resource in terms of just an internal resource. Right. right? And, And how you personally deal with the stressors that come. Right. Like if you're still able to kind of rely on yourself. Yeah. 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 Certain things. I mean, you know, you can handle it. Right. And that's what I was talking about. You actually build resources when you go through difficulties throughout your life, Mm -hmm. you actually learn to be resilient. You learn how to cope. You learn how to, um, you know, get some grit and how to have some resilience in terms of face of difficulties. And, and that helps you into adulthood and that helps you into old age and it can help you in all sorts of things. And then you got issues like conditions, like marriage is something as well as, uh, you know, seniority. If you're in a company, mm-hmm. uh, tenure at universities is, a, is considered a condition, something where you are actually, uh, you know, gives you some kind of a, a, a way, a context that helps you in terms of threats that may happen. Yeah, like there's some security there. Yeah, I mean, when a married couple is, is better able to go through life than yeah. a single person. And the reason is, is that you have someone to help you. Yeah. Right. And there's someone who's there. Because our lives individually ebb and flow, maybe you get fired. Well, if you have two people working, it's, it right, helps right. to get you through. If you um, if there's a downturn, economic downturn, two people working together is far better than one person working by themselves. Yeah. Uh, but and and then you know in seniority in an organization, it gives you a little more protection. It gives you a little more uh, helps you in terms of if there's layoffs. If you have sometimes seniority, yeah, it can it can provide some protection for those types of stressors. Yeah. So I also think. It's important to note that with these resources and the stress, they almost have to be equal. Yeah. So, you know, there has to be yeah. a, a, a fit, right? Yeah. So your resources have to fit the situation. It's like um, if I didn't know how to swim and my and I didn't have a resource and my resource was concrete brick, you know, right. I mean, it wouldn't really help me that much. Right. I would right. like a nice inner tube or something yeah. that would, to help me stay afloat. Uh, but, you know, brick's fine if I needed it for something else, yeah. but not particularly for this situation. Mm-hmm. So. So the idea that you want some kind of resource fit so that, um, you know, so since sometimes you can have lots of resources, but if they don't fit the situation, it can be stressful. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you in other situations where you do have the resources, OK, fine. Right. It can it can make that stressor a lot easier to bear. Yeah. And a lot more, um, you know, less threatening. Yeah. So then focusing more on, um, I guess, kind of that self-reliance piece and then kind of. Um, Focusing on that, 
um, different ways that people can cope with the stress, um, like social comparisons or illusions or just trying to find the meaning and why the stress is happening to them? Well, one of the things interesting is that um, when people go through any type of stress, I mean, we, we do have a proclivity to create our own realities yeah. right, and things. And um, uh, other, you know, authors like Shelley Taylor have talked about illusions, you know, yeah. use of illusions in terms of dealing with the stressors of cancer, right? right. You, and, and in those cases, you found uh, incidences where, like women who had breast cancer, they would do what we would call downward comparisons. Mm-hmm. And they would do a downward comparison such that, you know, they would compare if you were like 55 and you had breast cancer and you saw another patient there who was 30 and right. had breast cancer, they might say, well, I'm so glad I'm so lucky because at least I, I'm not young right. and have breast cancer. Right. And so these types of things um, people do, people also assign like causes that mm-hmm. they make up the causes yeah. of why they got breast cancer. Like some people might say, well, I, it's because of stress. Mm-hmm. Was well, it really because of stress or is it be you, you say it's stress because it's something you can control yes. and something can make you feel like you have some uh input and you're out in the outcomes of yeah. your disease and the course it will take so we do a lot of things that way in terms of create illusions we we create positive illusions thinking we're better than we are you yeah. know they give us confidence you know and and um, we also you know create illusions as to how things actually happen oftentimes to paint ourselves in a better light yeah. right so it's less stressful yeah uh, we may have an illusion if we get a bad performance review mm-hmm. we might say you know maybe Right, like you can blame it on something we else. We blame it on something else. Yourself. Yeah. We call it making excuses, yeah. right? Well, our excuse is sort of an illusion, mm-hmm. right? To try to protect. People say, well, your ego protecting, you know, trying yeah. to protect your ego, your pride, yeah. whatever it is. And that may be part of it, but that, that's feeding into the illusion, mm-hmm. right? And so the point is, is that if you do, you really want to know complete reality. A lot of people don't <laughs> because it sometimes can be very stressful yeah. to face up to exactly we are the cause of, of our Yeah, to really situ- take ownership. To yeah. take ownership. And that's a different type of individual. And those um, I, in my lifetime are, are somewhat rare. Right? Yeah. A lot of people tend to have excuses, reasons why things don't go their way. They, there is some, I'm a victim, I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. Um, and it's really, well, okay, are you really or is it something else or is this an illusion that you really want to... Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're forming to protect yourself for, from not doing all you could have done or, or not performing at the level you should have performed or doing the things that you needed to really do in order to reach a higher level of performance. Right. right? I mean, there's nothing worse than seeing an um, athlete in a, or a competition. And, uh, you know, they get beat, right? And afterwards, they just complain about the yeah, refs yeah. and they complain yep. about, you yep. know, well, it wasn't fair, it wasn't this, and wasn't that... Rather than saying, you know, we really didn't play as well as we should have, right. could have, they p- clearly outperformed us today. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's honest. Yeah. Then I'm going to go, okay, well, that's good. Yeah. We can't, right? Yeah. You can't say that because that would make you feel bad, right? Right. Well, maybe you need to feel bad, right? <laughs> you know, because how are you going to grow if you can't exactly. address the, acknowledge the fact that maybe you didn't do your best? Yeah. Um, and that's all we can really do is our best, mm-hmm. right? We can't say that we're better than we are because that sort of, is also can be somewhat yeah. stressful in the sense that you're creating false expectations. Because mm-hmm. then right? you'll probably always kind of fall short. 
Well, that's like the, the I call the 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 problem of perfectionists. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> they're clearly not perfect. Yeah. And they everything has to be. And yeah. And they can be quite annoying yeah. to others and to themselves. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do that type of thing. It's tiring to be that way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, do you have any kind of like closing thoughts, ideas that you, I don't know, want to? Well, say? I think I think a few things just to kind of mention as we kind of wrap things up here yeah. is, is that you know, also the idea is that when you're going through stressful situations. Um, you know, there are, there are some silver linings in a lot of different things and mm-hmm. you can make the best out of a situation. Oftentimes we do have what we call kind of positive thoughts as we go through things. Right. Yeah. And some of the things that we want to look at, you know, as that is that when you're going through a, a, uh, a stressful situation, sometimes we like to really search for a meaning as right. to why and that's pretty common. People do that a fair amount. Like why, why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? And and, that, and and the answers we, we formulate are ways of coping with that. Now, mm-hmm. they can be good or they can be bad. So I, I, I'll probably talk about this more probably at another time. But yeah. the idea is that, you know, we want to kind of appraise it as to what's really important about this. Why, why right. did this happen? And we often think in terms of things such as my purpose in life. Is there a meaning that this is helping me to try to figure out or do right like some soul searching yeah there's a little, a little bit of soul searching yeah and sometimes uh suffering and pain makes us soul search yeah and, and suffering and pain is a form of stress right mm-hmm. and by in suffering and pain actually can help us um to learn something mm-hmm. about ourselves good or bad it can be something that oh I, I, i'm this way in a positive way or it could be something in a negative way such as i i really have this problem and i have created this right. um in certain respects or, you know, we also can look in the benefits, you know, of certain things, like what's the benefit of certain situations, you know, even the, when they're, um, and this is a way of coping. I'm not saying to be Pollyanna, right. right? Where you're being Pollyanna, everything good, even though it's clearly not. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's just an illusion. Yeah. Like right? be some re- okay. realistic to some yeah. extent. Yeah. You gotta be realistic and grounded in some kind of reality. But when you look at benefits, it doesn't have to be, you know, for many people, you know, it doesn't even have to be real benefit. It's just if you perceive it as a benefit, mm-hmm. it can make yeah. you feel better about the situation. And who's to, who's to deny that it isn't? Right, right. right. And then looking at things such as, you know, understanding that, you know, sometimes you have to reorder your priorities. And that's a coping mechanism. Yeah. You know, so maybe what you're really trying to do isn't in right at this time. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are timing. Um you know, I, I have people that come in here and they ask me questions about, well, sh- should I go up for promotion or should I do this? And sometimes it's not right. 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 I said, well, you need to wait a little bit. A few things. There's a there's a, there is a timing for certain mm-hmm. types of things. Sometimes it's, this isn't the time to get married. Sometimes you need yeah. to wait a few months or a year or whatever. Sometimes, you know, whatever it might be, you need to think about those things and reprioritize based on what I call the, the field. Right. Yeah. Well, what's happening at the yeah. moment. And then also, you know, just infusing what we call ordinary events with positive meaning, going through life and looking for the good and appreciating those things that you do have. Yeah, I um, think a lot of people miss this one. Oh, you know, they yeah. do, right? Yeah. You, you, we look, we're very, it's like this. It's like, I remember this one story about this person that was on, a, you know, this wonderful gondolas that go up on yeah. a ski lift and they yeah. go up to the Alps. Well, this <laughs> one person just, you know, they couldn't get over the fact that there was a spot on the window. So they're looking at the spot on the window, like it's dirty spots, <laughs> right, like right. maybe where a, a bird had plopped or right. something like that. And they're looking at that. And they're not looking at the magnificent right, view right. all around the beautiful mountains and the yeah. clouds and the sky and the sun and the trees. And all they saw all the way up was the negative. 
And so yeah. sometimes you need to appreciate and take a look at what you do have mm-hmm. and what, what is there as opposed to what isn't there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the funny thing is it's a glass half full or half empty, right? Right. Well, sometimes you just need to change the size of the glass, Yeah. right? And maybe the glass <laughs> needs to be a little bit smaller. Now yeah. you have a full glass, yeah. right? <laughs> so, I mean, people need to rethink things through a little bit more and that would be helpful and not always focus so much on the negative aspects of, of what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Although you should pay attention to that because how you learn, but at right. the same time, not everything is negative. Yeah. Right? There are some good things that are, are there and those are just some pleasant reminders to help us get through the day. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week. And also thank you to our listeners for joining our podcast to learn more about stress. Becoming more informed about these topics can help you make better decisions for you and your family, whether that's now or in the future. So tune in next time for another episode in the Uplift podcast series from us here at Get Up and Do Something.